2: Are the toughest players to rank for 2023 we'll talk about it next on fantasy football today in five welcome to fft and five i'm chris towers i'm here with dan schneier and we're talking about the toughest players to rank for the 23 2023 fantasy football season and one guy i'm really struggling with i just wrote my seahawks preview it's up on cbsports.com now dk Metcalf. This was a guy who we all viewed as a a legitimate alpha superstar wide receiver last season. Target share, career high, 141 targets, also a career high, and everybody's kind of out on him. You know, I ended up having him ranked 14th or 15th at wide receiver, but my projections had him 10th, and that was mostly taking last year's target share, maybe regressing it a little bit because of the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba, but also last year was a real low point for him in terms of his efficiency yards per reception dropped below 12. Remember he was a guy who was in the 15 range early on in his career. And the biggest difference was he just wasn't making plays after the catch. Uh, First three years of his career averaged at least four yards after the catch per reception last year dropped to about 2.4. So that lack of big plays with the ball in his hands, that could just be who DK Metcalf is moving forward. But, We know he's one of the most physically gifted wide receivers in the NFL. We know he's incredibly difficult to tackle. Only one broken tackle all season last year. I just think there's a chance he bounces back, sustains the, the volume from last season, gets back to being like a 13 or 14 yards per catch guy. And all of a sudden we're talking about a guy who's getting 1,300 yards and is back in that wide receiver one discussion. So I do think DK Metcalf has more upside than perhaps his rankings show. Dan, who are some players you're struggling to rank? One player I'm very
3: I'm struggling hard to rank is Devonte Adams. So there's thing there's factors that really lead me away from Adams this year, the age and the history of receivers getting into that thirty year thirty plus range. And but for me, it comes down solely to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not a believer in Garoppolo. I think he was a purely a system quarterback with Shanahan. And I think that while he has had some success in this in this McDaniel system, it was only a four game sample size. So that concerns me. But at the same time, Chris, I'm like, Am I really downgrading to the point where I am at right now with Adams, where he's basically on my avoid list? I've never drafted him in our mocks yet. I don't Mm -hmm. have any plans to a guy who has more upside from a target standpoint than just about anyone in the range he's being drafted at and more in general than anyone in fantasy football at the wide receiver position. Because I know targets are king and I don't want to avoid targets. I just want Mm -hmm. to avoid the quarterback situation. So it's a tough spot for me because I don't know how to really value those two things.
2: A big thing for me is just we kind of did this a year ago, right? He was on a lot of people's bust lists, a lot of people's avoid lists that people th- thought he wouldn't fit well with Derek Carr. And frankly, it wasn't like the most ideal fit in terms of Derek Carr's strengths and Devontae Adams' strengths. Devontae Adams had his lowest catch rate since his second season in the NFL. Tons of deep targets, but the, eff- the, the catch rate on those deep targets was one of the worst among anyone who had at least 45 targets down the field. So he was still a top three wide receiver nonetheless. Yeah. And so that's the thing for me is it's just it. I get the concerns about Jimmy Garoppolo for me. It's just Devontae Adams is so good at getting open that you just got to get the ball near him and he's going to be good. You know, we, we saw him perform well with Deshaun Kaiser back when, when that was the the case in green Bay. So I just, I do think De- Devontae Adams is different. I've got him as my number six wide receiver. I've drafted him a, a decent amount, but I get the concerns. Who else are you uh, struggling with? Another couple of players I'm struggling with. Start with
3: Jonathan Taylor, a player whose talent I love. I like his ability to potentially break long runs mm-hmm. this season. I like... Uh, in general, how he processes runs, in my opinion, is one of the smartest running backs in the NFL. And I think, generally speaking, Richardson should help him between the 20s because it will open up some some holes in the run game with defensive ends for, forced to not be able to crash down. They mm-hmm. have to hold up and make sure that, well, Richardson could keep it on the zone read. All that's good, but what scares me is, will Richardson take some of his red zone role? Like we've seen with Josh Allen and these other big running quarterbacks, Daniel Jones. Will... Richardson, take away Taylor's uptick that we saw in the receptions game. Will that go away? Because if you don't get receptions for me as a running back and you're not stealing, you're not taking all the red zone touches, for me, that's more of a round three, round four type of gamble than a round one, two, where we're seeing Taylor go.
2: Yeah, I, I can see that this is another one that I actually I do have ranked as my RB three. I'm higher than the consensus on. And for me, I, I think the bigger issue is the passing game role. He's probably like there's probably a ceiling of 40 catches. But I, I do worry like you look at Baltimore, you look at Buffalo, you look at uh, Philadelphia. These are, are situations where the running game is phenomenal. But in terms of fantasy points that these teams produce for running backs, they're actually usually near the bottom. I think Buffalo had the second fewest fantasy points for running backs. Philadelphia was bottom five, I'm pretty sure. That's surprising because Miles Sanders is very good. We've seen the J.K. Dobbins be very good in this offense. But what it comes down to is just a lot of the times those teams are splitting running back carries. Right. I don't think that's going to happen in Indianapolis. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get 75%, 80% of the running back touches like we saw with Josh Jacobs last year and, and Derek Henry throughout his career. And so that's where, for me, it, it. I get the concerns about the goal line work. I get the concerns about the passing downs. But it's also a situation where Jonathan Taylor might just run for 1,600 yards in this offense and, and everything else might be moot. So it's, there's some downside. I think there's also considerable upside here. I don't think the situation is that much worse than it's been the last couple of years. And it's like Devontae Adams, just a bet on an elite talent, but I totally get it. You, you, you are probably on the, the far end on the low end for those two guys. And I'm on the high end for both of them. And at at a certain point it is for me, just like bet on elite players, right? You know, the, the circumstances matter to a certain degree, but, For a guy like Jonathan Taylor, I'm betting that that doesn't matter quite as much. And that's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about, uh, what are we talking about tomorrow? Talking about the players we want. The players we want the most. Yes, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about that.